0: the same branch of the royal family as the present duke of edinburgh husband of queen elizabeth ii she was slim elegant and fashionable and the prince found her easy to talk to with a pleasing personality such was their rapport that the kaiser's son august wilhelm subsequently wrote to the prince suggesting that a matrimonial match be made while it seems he hesitated edward was sufficiently enthusiastic to plan another visit the following summer So far, so conventional, the future king conforming to royal tradition by fishing for a mate in the approved gene pool of German royalty. The outbreak of war in August 1914 changed all that, Edward remarking a year later to his private secretary, Godfrey Thomas, about what might have been. Thomas later recalled, "'H.R.H., His Royal Highness, was very much attracted to her, and I am perfectly certain that if the war hadn't come, it would have been brought off.' As it was, the First World War harvested the royal families of Europe, drastically diminishing the prospects of the prince finding a royal mate. Initially he made it clear that he was not interested in marrying a commoner, a sentiment that precluded the chance of elevating an English subject, however high-born, into the ranks of royalty. In this regard, he was even more conservative than his father, who issued a royal proclamation in July 1917, which not only formally changed the family name from Saxe-Coburg and Gotha to Windsor, but, as significantly, specifically changed the rules of marital engagement. From that date on, his children and heirs could marry into English families, royalty for the first time allowed to marry its subjects. That the Prince of Wales preferred the former tradition greatly limited his options, perhaps deliberately so, indicating his hesitation about ever marrying. As he told Mountbatten, "'I suppose I'll have to take the fatal plunge one of these days, though I'll put it off as long as I can, cause it'll destroy me.' This reticence did not stop him playing the field. Like many men of his generation, he was generally bashful about the female form— Filthy and revolting was his description of naked prostitutes posing in a Calais brothel, and both ignorant of and timid about the act of coition itself. Stories about his ambiguous, not to say confused, sexuality dogged him throughout his life. His one-time private secretary, Anne Segrim, believed that his sexual ambivalence went to the heart of who he was. The cornerstone of his character was his fundamental uncertainty about his sexuality and his ability to be a heterosexual man. He was fundamentally afraid of women. In July 1917, thanks to the efforts of his equerries, a French prostitute called Paulette helped him overcome his fears. A subsequent six-month affair with a Parisian courtesan named Marguerite Alibert gave the prince a healthy appetite for sex that belied his boyish, almost effeminate countenance. As Society Bell Lady Diana Cooper crudely observed, from then on the Prince was never out of a woman's legs. Often those legs were married. His first amour on home soil was in 1917, with Marion Coke, the wife of Viscount Tommy Coke, heir to the Earl of Leicester. The Prince spent so much time in her company that eventually her husband warned him to stay clear— that didn't stop Edward encouraging her to visit him in Paris. Twelve years older than Edward, who was young for his age, she sensibly declined his hair brained invitation, which, apart from ending her marriage, would have brought social disgrace. More conventionally, he romanced his sister's best friend, Lady Sybil Portia Cadogan, one of five daughters of the Earl of Cadogan. His courtship with Portia, which coincided with his infatuation with Marion Coke, was thought by many, not least his sister, to be heading for the altar. In June 1917, when Portia telegrammed her parents and told them, "'Engaged to Edward,' they presumed they had a future queen in the family. Actually, she had ended her association with the prince and accepted the hand of the prince's university friend, Lord Edward Stanley,' who enjoyed a double celebration that month by winning a by-election as a Conservative candidate. He went on to become Minister for the Dominions. Spurned by one potential bride, there were plenty of other ambitious young English aristocratic ladies encouraged by the King's decree widening the marital choices for his family. So when the Prince arrived in the capital in March 1918, while on leave, there was, according to writer Cynthia Asquith, wild excitement. She observed...